Welcome to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling, East Point Church of God. We invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. Matthew 15, verse 21. The Bible says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But Jesus, I, wanted, I put his word name in there, he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. And he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, the Lord, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. The mother of, the mother of Moses or the mother of Samuel or the mother, the, Mary, the mother of Jesus, might have been different understandings of famous mothers in Scripture today. But I have chosen a woman to give a, an example of someone that is very relatively unknown, and yet Jesus Christ himself calls her a woman of great faith. A woman who received an answer to her prayer when even Jesus was giving her a hard time about it. Y'all with me? Some of you are thinking, what's going on here? You see, what we find is that the area that she has come from, if you look in verse 21, the Bible tells us, Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He is in areas of, of foreign land. He's in areas of, of wickedness of people that have fought against Israel this whole time. And behold, a woman of Canaan. So this is somebody that is not an Israelite, somebody that has caused trouble to Israel, somebody that is their enemy, has come to Jesus and begging of him for help. She cries out to him. And so the first statement she says is, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is se severely demon-possessed. And the first thing Jesus does is nothing. He does not even answer her. 
He doesn't even look to her. He does not even acknowledge that she even spoke. Now, we know that he, obviously he would have known that she spoke, but the Bible tells us, is given us a, an a understanding of what is happening here, that she, uh, she is coming and approaching the master and approaching him because her family, her daughter is in trouble. Her, her, the woman, the daughter that she loves is in trouble and she heard of a master and she heard of the king and she heard of somebody coming through. But what we are doing, what Jesus is doing, he's not being mean to her. He's trying to draw out of her the reason for her standing there. You see, he's not just coming by to ignore her he wants her not he wants her to actually reach out and trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do the bible tells us about this woman there are many, but i want to tell you this morning that there are many troubled mothers in the world out there there are many people out there many mothers out there that have faced trials that have faced struggles and sometimes it feels like god is not answering this woman is what we understand. She's a Canaanite, Syrophoenician. By culture, a language in Greek, she's somebody that, that was probably lived by the sea. So somebody you could probably relate to. And uh, by religion, she grew up in an atmosphere of paganism, though. Some uh, worshiping idols and worshiping, worshiping false gods. And she comes to Jesus trying to get an answer. And Jesus basically ignores her first request, not because he doesn't have a heart of compassion. We'll see that he answers her later, but because there is a required step that she has to take in a moment. And so the story goes on. As, as her daughter is more important to her. You see, here, here, here's the issue I believe Jesus is trying to bring out of her. How much do you really want to see your daughter healed? How much do you really want to see the answer? How much? And so when he walked by, when he walked by, she remained persistent. Her daughter grievously vexed, the Bible says, with a demon. This is the most compelling and the most problematic trials that we face today in our culture. If you don't believe that the demonic is coming around our kids and around our society, you, you've, your, your head is in the sand. There are some crazy things happening today in our world that wasn't even happening last year at this time. We, we are surrounded by the demonic presence in a way that is under unbelievable. And, and, and this, our children are being impacted by the demonic all around it. This is a distressing, this is a troubling situation. The devil is attacking her child. And it's like Jesus doesn't hear her. The devil is attacking her. And this, so you've got to, the, the, just to take a step back, this tells us we've got to pray for our kids or the enemy will pray on our kids. Do you hear me? You've got to P-R-A-Y, pray for your kids. Or your enemy will P-R-E-Y, pray on your kids. You hear me? And so here she is. There's something in her history that I would like to know. I would like to know why she threw away her culture. 
Why? Because a Canaanite would have never done this. Why would she throw away her culture? Why would she throw away her gods? Why? And the answer, I think, is apparent, but we got to assume some things. That we got to assume by her boldness that she's tried everybody else. We got to assume that, that by her willingness to throw away every other thing that she trusted in in her whole life. You see, sometimes the doctors don't have an answer for your trouble. And sometimes a psychiatrist doesn't have an answer to what you're going through. And you've tried every other thing. And the last thing you go to is Jesus. And when you ask of him, he's quiet. And the reason why he's quiet is because he doesn't like to be last. Y'all hear me? He doesn't like to be last. And so he's not just another physician. He's not just another healer that is walking by. He's the king. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And, and you've asked everybody else and prayed to everybody else. And then you thought you'd just try King Jesus. That's not the way it works in the kingdom of God. A mother remains persistent in prayer. That doesn't mean you don't take your kids to the doctor. It doesn't mean that you don't try to care for them, but you're praying for them to King Jesus on a regular basis to see God's protection over them. She came to Jesus with her problem, and here's the issue. Whether you want to grab a hold of this or not, she is blessed because she knew deep down somewhere something spoke to her that there was somebody called Jesus, and she tried out and reached out to trust him. And here's something that we recognize. If this would have been anybody else, she probably would have walked away. But there's something she had, and that was faith. You see, when you come to the Lord and you ask God, Lord, will you heal me? Lord, will you watch over my kids? Lord, will you bless this? It doesn't take faith to ask. Anybody can ask. You know, anybody can ask a question. But it takes Faith to be persistent. Oh, you got to get this. You see, you need to be praying for your children when they're well. So that when they're sick, you already know them. And you walk into the room and the same God you've been praying to while they're well is the same God you come back to when they're sick. You see, anybody can ask. Some of you, some of us, I, I say you, but I don't want to be hypocritical. Some of us, we tend to, we, we, we just bring our petitions to the Lord and we say, well, if he answers or if he's not, I'm not in any worse shape. That's not, kind, that's no faith at all. That's just throwing it out there and hoping he picks it up. You hear me? You say, we might get mad at the way Jesus treated her, but he, he, you know why Jesus treated her this way? Because he already knew what he wanted to do for her daughter, but he also knew that she needed to express faith in order for that to happen, and so he had to treat her this way in order for her to express faith so that he could do what he wanted to do, and that was heal her daughter. 
You say, you say, well, God, I don't know why I have to go through this trial. I don't know why I have to go through this trouble. Well, you asked me to touch your kids. So now I've got to get you to a place of faith so that when you go through that atmosphere of trial and struggle and pain and longing and you reach out and grab a hold of me, I can grab a hold of your faith and grab your child and deliver them from their issues. We don't like that. We just want the answer. And a lot of times when we're just throwing it out there as a petition, sometimes we just get silence. We just hear nothing. It's Jesus, you know he heard you, but he did not respond. And so, but she was persistent. She believed Everything about Jesus, she's already confessed it. She believed that he was the promised son of David, that he was king. She believed in his deity. She called him literally. She reached out and she says, oh Lord. She's reaching out to him. Oh Lord, son of David. She is crying out in his deity. She is believing in his power to answer her request. She believed that he was interested enough and would answer. But her problem was is that it didn't seem as if Jesus heard her at first, but yet she did not stop. And then the church people showed up. Church people are wonderful. They're glorious. They'll help you, and sometimes they're mean as snakes. And here's here's the church people, is what I'm calling the disciples. The church people say, well, Jesus didn't respond. Get her out of here. You hear me? You see, the disciples, they, they misunderstood what Jesus was trying to do here. They misunderstood the atmosphere of, uh, of him trying to draw faith out of her and, and try to get her to the place where he is, he's going to do a work in her family. And they thought his quiet was a no. They thought his quiet and, and, and the sound of nothing was a no. And so they immediately cast judgment on her and said, basically, take her away from the master. She's troubling. You see, some of us, We don't need to be so quick when there's a mother down here at the altar. Because it may not be your kid, but it's her child. And just because she hasn't got her answer yet doesn't mean we need to send her away. And it may be the 57th time she's been down here on her knees crying out for her child that's stuck in drugs, that's stuck in sin, that's stuck in despair. But you never know, it may be the moment that God shows up and delivers her child out of that. And so our response is not a response of trying to send them away. It's like you just, you've already prayed for that. Jesus heard you the first time. But yeah, but there's something about persistence that Jesus loves. And so we need to be loving and encouraging. And notice though, notice, some of us would have been offended. Some people get offended by the, the church people. But listen, when you're a mother and it's your kid, you don't care what they just said. 
You don't care what he just said. You don't care what they just said. You don't care what she just said. All you know is, is if you turn around and go back, that girl of yours is still demon-possessed. That girl of yours is still sick and still in trouble, and I've got no answer and no doctor and no help and no way out, and there is the one. And if you're going to get in my way, and if you're going to get in my way, that's your business, but I'm not stopping till I get to him. You hear me? You see, this is a mother that recognizes that there's only one answer, and he's right there. There's only one way, and he's right there. There's only one hope, and he's right there. And nothing is going to stop her from getting her answer because it's her child. It's her, the one that she loves, her daughter, her, the one that she cares about. And even though the disciples say, Jesus second says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she turns to Jesus and she comes to him. What is this doing? She's pressing in. The atmosphere of the text here is that if we had Jesus... And he's surrounded by her, his disciples. And we have this woman. The idea is she's over here. And she is yelling and to Jesus all the things that she has just spoke. And Jesus isn't answering. The disciples have just continued to try to send her away. And then Jesus turns to speak to her and, and tells her, I'm not coming to deliver Canaan. I'm not coming to deliver Tyre and Sidon. I'm not coming to deliver them. I'm coming for Israel. Why? Because Israel's going to come for Tyre and Sidon. And the Jews are going to come. And there's going to be revival. His mission isn't that it's not now. It's just not yet. Oh, you got to get that. He's not ignoring her because he doesn't care about her. He knows that his mission is to help this one right here. It's not that I don't want to help you. It's that I've got a mission right here. And if I can help them, they're going to help others. Who's going to in turn help you? Read Acts chapter 2. Okay. So as they're going, she turns. But yet, she's, she's, it's almost as if she's saying, I'm not interested in waiting. And she, she comes to him. The text doesn't say this directly, but this is what I am assuming because he continues to speak, is that she prevents him from moving and she worships him. Now, how do you worship somebody in that day? You get down on your knees. So what I'm assuming is happening, so you imagine my imagination here. Go with my imagination for a moment. That she has run in front of Jesus and has fallen to her knees and on her face, worship, beginning to worship Jesus. Basically, it's what he's saying. I don't care that you didn't say anything the first time, and I don't care that you're just, your church people tried to keep me out, and I don't care that your mission may be to do something else. I'm still going to worship you, Jesus, even if you told me no. He just told her no, but she won't stop worshiping. Oh. 
He's told her, hold on. It's not right now. I'm, somebody's going to help you later. It's not right now. It's not what he says directly, but that's what history tells us. It's not right now. It's, your blessing is not right now. And she says, I'm still going to worship you. I'm still going to spend my time on my knees in front of you. You see, some of us got to get into our spirit that even though God may not answer our need the way we think it, we still need to give him the honor that's due his name and worship him and watch and see what God does. Amen. And as she begins to worship the Lord, and crying out, after her worship, you can almost see the agony, even, even in the black and white pages here. Lord, help me. She's, she's, all the titles are gone. All the pageantry is gone. All the formality is gone. She's already been rejected by the disciples, the church people. She's already, the, Jesus has said no. And she just worships him by faith. Worship him because she knows there's only one that can heal her. And But this time, she's at a point of brokenness. And there's no other way that she can go. And she says, Lord, help me. Jesus answers her. And he says, it is not good to take the children's bread. And to throw it and throw it to the little dogs. Hard. But you see, again, these were the enemies of Israel. These were the people that would murder and kill, destroy, steal, thieve. All these things. And they were fighting one for the other. One against the other. Over and over. These Canaanites. Were fighting against Israel. Jesus is standing there. And he tells her. I'm on a mission. I have a destination. That's where I'm going. Revival is going to happen later. We know it by the scripture. But right now, I'm on this path. And then, he doesn't just tell her no. He tells her emphatically, no. Basically saying, I am not here for you. I'm here for them. I'm not here for your need. I'm here for them. And I want to tell you, uh, let, me, let me take a step back. Because we preach a loving Jesus all the time. Some people don't understand. There is a part of Jesus' mission after the close of human history that as we understand it, that he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. And he will be judge at that time. We like to talk about the touchy-feely Jesus that always loves and always cares. But he's on a mission. And he's not going to stop 
doing the mission. He has a destination. Why? Because what's in front of him is the cross, and nobody's going to stop the cross. What's in front of him is literally the redemption of all humanity, and nobody's going to stop that. He has a destination that he is going towards, a purpose by which he is headed to, and nothing is going to deter him, and that we have to look at Jesus and understand and respect him as king, that he's willing to do what it took in order for you and I to be saved. And even though we look at this and we think, man, that's really hard, there's going to be a day that Jesus is going to say, and hopefully to no one in this room, depart from me, I never knew you. If you think that's hard, the little dog comment, depart from me, I never knew you, will be a devastating comment on that day. And so what he is telling her is that you've got to be part of me in order to get my blessing. You see, you just can't go out here and treat the church like a hospital and then run down the road and do what you want to do. You cannot compartmentalize God. You cannot put Put God in this part of your life and then just live your life the way you want to live. You've got to give it all over to the Lord. And this woman completely and totally humbled herself in front of Christ. Not a single one of us in this room this morning would blame her after he said, I, the dog comment that, that I'm not going to take bread from the master's table and give it to dogs no one would blame her to get up look her in the eye look him in the eye and say if that's the way you're going to be then I'm leaving nobody in this room would would say anything ill of her but there's something in the back of her mind that she still has Her baby is still waiting on her. Her child is still behind her. And she needs deliverance. And so, with his arms, with her statements, there she says, and yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. You know, you want to get God's attention? Have faith. That's the only thing he was doing here. Was he was showing not only those people around. They were probably feeling all puffed up and, look, Jesus is not going to help her. He came for us. We're the big dogs here. And no, he's trying to show in a moment how much faith matters to the equation. How much it really matters that you believe, but you also do. 
Jesus answered and said, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Let me close this thought, this message, this Mother's Day message with this thought. What is faith? In Hebrew, the word imun literally means to take firm action. So as to have faith is to act. It's kind of like a staircase. You may know that the stairs go up to the next level, but until you climb the stairs, you won't experience the next level. You can know that Jesus can heal you. You can know that Jesus can do it. But until you actually do something and press in and go after him, you won't experience it. I hope you're all with me. I'm almost done. I got less than five minutes here. And so when you, when you get to this understanding of this, and back to my point, what you do is more important than what you know. What you do, what she did, what that mother did is more important than what she knew. Jesus' information was silence. Jesus literally told her he's not, she's not the priority. Jesus said, I'm not giving you the healing, but yet she was persistent and she would not stop. It did not based on what she knew. She understood that I've got to reach Jesus somehow. He's the only way to my children. I want to tell you, you want to see deliverance in this community, and you want to see deliverance in this place and in this county. We've got to put out all voices that deter us from everything but the foot of the master. You've got to put away every action, every understanding that puts us at any other odds against this unpersistency of going to the foot of the master. If you won't get to the foot of the master, then you're not going to be delivered. You're not going set free. You're not going to be healed unless you can get to Jesus. What drove her was her child. Jesus delivered her and her child. You've been listening to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling and East Point Church of God. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Until next week, let's join together to spread the light of Christ.